1: Yes, let's go. Welcome to the show, IB Nation Sports Talk, up and rolling. I'm Sean Styers. Vince D'Addario is back today. We have survived a storm that rolled Again. through the area just a little bit ago. Man, it was pretty intense there for for a while. The
2: the, the wind is what was the kind of not scary. I, I'm not going to go that far, but the wind was howling. Like you know, the the cover from the patio furniture was flying away, and the trees were doing their thing, and I know. you know. It was enough that everybody in my house was like up against the window, like, oh, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But, so storms are a big deal in my house. Everybody loves the storms.
1: Yeah. I, th- I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, you know, we've got the, the patio table with one of, those, one of those umbrellas in the middle of it, you know, in the back. Yep. And it was within a couple of months of, you know, just my wife had just bought it and the uh-huh. umbrella. She left it up. So... and i think it was when we were it, I, it was at some point i think it might have been the summer of 2020 now that i think about it okay. because
2: this is new house
1: uh yeah okay. we were definitely in the new house Okay, and um i was doing the shit you know the radio show from home okay so i know it was in that period someplace and then the show is you know like Apparently, someone was knocking on the door while I was doing the show. But you know, my <laughs> daughter's in the other room; she can't get the door. Right. And you know, nobody else was here. And you know, she tells me somebody was knocking. I go outside; the umbrella's on the roof. <laughs> 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 and our neighbor, you know, was was coming over to say, "Hey, your umbrella's on the roof." <laughs> and a couple weeks later, it ended up on the roof again. And finally, oh wow! I, I said, "Honey, we need to." You know when. You got to bring when it we're in. Right out there, we need to keep it down. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Got to bring it in. We we yeah. oh, we have the Turns same into setup. A nice parasail. That's Yeah, right. we, we have the same setup, but whenever we're not using it, it's got to be in the garage because you and I have similar like open backyards where the wind will just just fire through. So yeah, it that that'll be like a parasail if we leave it out there. So
1: Looks like it's raining all over the world right now. wow. Oh, Irish storms rocking now here in swfl i'm guessing that's southwest florida so and i know they can be more intense down there it's obviously you know not have to worry about hurricanes and that kind of stuff if it is florida so uh batting down the hatches and and right. uh, hopefully everybody is okay at least you know we made it through okay my wife was taking my daughter for a hair appointment right Uh-oh. as the storm was starting so that's oh no
2: that's oh, oh no
1: i know i know before i forget don't forget to hit that YouTube like button and subscribe and rate, comment, and all that good stuff. on the podcast platforms as well. It helps us out greatly with the Irish Breakdown channel. So uh, be sure and do that. So, uh, again, glad to have you along with us here tonight as we get things going on the show. And uh, we've spent all week so far preparing for fall training camp, the start of right. training camp on Friday. We are two days away from Crazy. the start of fall training camp 31 days away from notre dame and ohio state we are basically a month away at this point
2: yeah i mean i guess it's the third i didn't even think yeah. about that it's, I, it's yeah. exactly a month away and uh still doesn't quite feel like it doesn't feel like we're gonna be at practice on uh friday but you and i'll both be there holding down Yes, the floor we were trying to figure out what's going on and maybe just maybe get some of these questions answered that we have today
1: yes well we will find out So again, we're fall camp focused, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about some position battles. You know, there really aren't maybe, excuse me, as many significant battles as in some years, you know, but there are still some just the same. Um, And we're going to kind of, we're, we're going to go through
0: these here tonight. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
1: Let's start with quarterback. Yes. You know, everyone pretty much discusses this as if it's a foregone conclusion, I think. Vince, what do you think about this? Is this an actual open competition between Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine, or is it a foregone conclusion, and Buckner's just going to end up being the quarterback?
2: You know, it's funny because I feel like I hope it is a competition in that I believe Tyler Buckner is going to win but I want Drew Pine to push Tyler as much as humanly possible because I don't want it to just be a situation where, well, I mean, uh, Buckner is, I guess he's going to start. You know what I mean? Like not that kind of a thing. Like, well, he's got the better tools and, and whatnot. So he's just going to start. Like, I don't want that. I want there to be, I want Drew to to give it everything he's got. You got to push Tyler. You got to, You've got to want it just as bad as Tyler wants it. You've got to push him to make Tyler earn that job. So I hope that it's a competition. I really do. I don't see Drew winning it. But here's the thing: right. Drew has shown enough in games, in my opinion, to be re- and respected enough within the locker room that he deserves this to be a competition. He does. He's done enough to me for this to be a competition. Yeah, Tyler, fair. you know, Tyler hasn't done. Enough to where he should just be named the starter. He's done some very impressive things. He's been really good from everything we've heard. But I think it needs to be a competition. I hope it's a competition. I hope it's not a foregone conclusion. I really do.
1: Yeah, there's there's just such a different skill set, obviously, that you get with Drew Pine. And when For you sure. talk about, you know, especially when you're lacking running backs and all this different stuff, and you need to run the ball. Yep. We know, that, you know, we know that he has that that element that that Drew Pine is not going to give. You know I think Drew Pine was an adequate enough backup last year and everything about drew pine, you know, there's a lot to like about the guy, but yeah. And, and I think you're right because he's been around, you know, he went through a quarterback competition with Jack Cohn last year, uh, did not come out on top, obviously ended up being the backup and really, you know, as the season wore along, you know, you know, we didn't see him after, uh, what was that? Wisconsin basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's kind of a coming him. out
2: party for him to in
1: Wisconsin and Cincinnati. That's yeah. when we saw him. Yeah. Wisconsin, yeah. Cincinnati. And then we didn't see him the rest of this you know, season. <laughs> so, you know, I agree. You know, the biggest, the biggest issues with drew pine have been completion, you know, completion. percentage. He needs, he needs to be more accurate with his passes again, as a backup, he was adequate last mm-hmm. year, but to be the full-time starter, you know that was my question going into the spring and into the spring game and obviously you don't want to put everything on one game but at the same time you know it was we we did not see the best of Drew Pine by any means no. in the blue gold game and that's the lingering memory that everyone has of Drew Pine but what was his issue is still his issue you know the accuracy and then you saw some you know some red flags in terms of decision-making, you know, on top of it in that blue gold game. And that's against your own defense, obviously.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, the the blue gold game is a practice, right? I mean, and that's the way it needs to be talked about, right? It's a practice. But here's the thing. There was a lot of other practices in the spring that led up to that practice where he wasn't winning the job. And, And that's just, it is what it is. He didn't have a great spring. Call it what it is. He didn't have a great spring. He needed to
1: have a great spring and he didn't have one. Correct.
2: And then he was thrust into a situation where he needed to be the quarterback for both teams going back and forth. And that's hard no matter who you are. And so not only did he not have a great spring, but then he kind of was put behind the eight ball in the spring game by having to be basically the all time quarterback. Right. I mean, and that's tough. That's not an easy thing to do. So. He needs to hit the reset button, in my opinion, with fall camp. And I, he, he has earned the right to do that. And so I hope that that's the case. He can kind of flush what happened in the spring and then just kind of move forward and, and be the competition that he needs to be.
1: Yeah. I think if it becomes obvious early on, though, I think it's time to name your starting quarterback. And Jesse and I were talking yesterday, like, you know, last year, Pine and Jack Cohn came into fall and. Oh, there's still this, you know, they're, they're still battling it out to figure right. out who's going to be the starter. Well, by the end of the first week, it didn't even take a week, I think. Jack Cohn was named the starting quarterback. How soon do you think they need to name a starter? You know, not, not how soon will they, how soon yeah. do they need to name a starter, do you think?
2: It depends on are we talking about naming a starter inside the locker room or are we talking about naming a starter in the public, like to the media? Because I think those are two different answers, to be honest with you, right? I think, you know, two weeks in, one and a half, two weeks in, if, if as long as the locker room knows who the starter is, that's all I care about. I don't need Marcus Freeman to be up front with the media and tell him who the starter is, even if we pretty much know who it is anyway. I'm not saying he needs to play games with the first game of the season, but you don't need to put your, all your cards on the table either. That's so true. if he that's- never says it, us okay that doesn't bother me it really doesn't it it needs to be established in practice though like it needs to be established within the walls of the locker room
1: well and you know the thing is what you know at practice it kind of becomes obvious you know based on who's getting the reps and and all that kind of stuff and obviously with performance as well but at the same time i said this going into the 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 blue gold game because going to be on tv and all that stuff from Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese and, and Notre Dame's perspective, you know, even though you'd like to have Tyler Buckner out there for everybody to see, it was not the worst thing in the world for him not to play in that game because Ohio state doesn't get to see what a full blown Tyler Buckner offense looks like, you know, even if you're dumbing it down, they know he can run. Sure. But you know, they, they didn't get to see a full blown Tyler Buckner led offense. So that wasn't the worst thing in the world. And you know, that kind of piggybacks on what you're saying, like, yeah, you know, the the locker room is probably the lock, you know, the, the players are going to know at some point. Absolutely. You know, and if they don't already, who's performing the best and, and who it's going to be. But, you know, like you said, saying it publicly, you know, he doesn't have to go like Jim Harbaugh and, you know, and never give a depth chart and, you know, never, right, you know, right. announce anything, basically. But, yeah, I mean, from his perspective, I suppose he doesn't really need to name a starting quarterback publicly based on the fact that again you've got two guys with two different skill sets
2: absolutely and I think you make a really good point about the fact that he didn't play in the spring I mean if you want to see Tyler Buckner sitting in the pocket going through reads and all of that you're gonna to have to pop in his junior high school film yeah. I mean, and so many things have changed since then right that's senior that's three years ago and he's got different weapons around him. They're running a different scheme, you know, all of these different things. So I actually, that's a really good point. There's no film of Tyler Buckner as the starting quarterback for the University of Notre Dame playing with the ones. It doesn't exist. Right. And right. so that's an ace in your pocket. Now you can, I guess, you can say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna start this kid," um, and maybe it doesn't even matter because there's no film on him. Uh, okay, that's fine too. You know what I mean? So I'm really okay either way as far as the media. End of it, the public end of it, uh but yeah, it needs to be established before you start your Ohio State prep. Your, you know, your specific Ohio State prep, it needs to mm-hmm. be established by then, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: All right, so let's move on. Let's look at some other position battles. We'll okay. see how you know. We'll see how long that quarterback battle, yeah, lasts. And, you know what, Marcus Freeman's strategy is, and all that kind of stuff. And but in the meantime, we've got some other position battles as well beginning with boundary corner on the defensive side, manned, of course, last year by Clarence Lewis, everyone's, you know, stepchild. Favorite dog <laughs> to guess. kick, basically. That's right. That's yeah. right. Everyone wants to pick on Clarence <laughs> Lewis. You know, you've got some guys behind him, Ryan Barnes, Philip Riley, you know, guys. You know, The good thing is a lot of these guys, you know, Jaden Mickey as well. We talked about him mm-hmm. last year. He's played more field so far on the other side with cam hart but you know they want to find the best guy obviously to play sure opposite of cam hart what what do you think about this situation and how it maybe plays out this this
2: fall it's actually very similar to the way i feel about the quarterback uh battle quote unquote right because you know clarence lewis i think is your presumed starter going into fall i mean if we get a depth chart on friday i'm sure that number six is going to be at the top of the depth chart at that spot because he's a returning starter. He 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 deserves at least that right now. I don't want it to be a situation where he's going to be starting on September third because he happens to be a returning starter and he's the best of whatever they got left. Like, right. That's not a comfortable situation for me as a Notre Dame well, fan or as an analyst. Yeah, just not. I what I want is a. To the death competition where, you know, Ryan Barnes, Jaden Mickey, you know, Philip Riley, those guys are just banging on the door for playing time and just pushing and pushing and pushing. And if Clarence Lewis Lewis is the guy that rises to the top, he's the cream of that crop. That's the ideal situation for me personally, because he's got the experience. He has played well. And if he beats out all of those guys that all want playing time, I mean, legitimately beats them out, I think that's the best case scenario personally. But if one of those guys beats him out, then so be it. I mean, it is what it is. It's competition. They're they're recruiting guys that can play championship-level football. So if other guys beat him out, then so be it. I would put my money on on Ryan Barnes if to be the case uh, if, if that were to happen. But I, I think at the end of the day, I do feel like Clarence Lewis is going to be the starter.
1: Yeah, I kind of do too. And you know, if if he's the best option at the end of fall, then you have to go with your stop. You know, may you know think like even if some of these guys are close. You know, I, I realize everyone's wringing their hands about it. Clarence Lewis was not, you know, horrible over the course of 13 games. He had a really bad 13th game. He had a you know he had some moments over the course of those other 12 games where he had an issue or two but you know that you can say that i think to everyone in the sure. secondary is they were getting used to the new scheme and you know more man to man and all those different things and like if you look at the fiesta bowl specifically remember now oklahoma state in that second half where he really struggled they were playing basically they were out there with 10 personnel they didn't even have a tight end on the field they just right. put as many wide receivers as they could out there with a running back and a quarterback and you know that led to a, a lot of the issues as well you know those guys were you know, so i agree with what you're saying you really want it to be a competition throughout the fall yeah. and i think it is going to be a competition in the yeah. fall i think we're going to see a lot of guys out there you know in some different spots and and enough of these guys had good springs that they have you know shown themselves that they deserve some of these opportunities and i'll, I'll be really curious you know, just to see sort of what the rotation looks like and how they go about that competition and how it evolves over the course of the next 30 days or so, you know, leading up to Ohio State.
2: And I'm, I'm interested to see if it's going to be obvious to us who are in the media and are observing practice number one, what that depth chart looks like. You know what I mean? Coming out of the summer, coming out of spring, you know, the whole deal, like what does that depth chart look like going into the fall camp season. And I think that's actually going to tell us a lot. Did Jaden Mickey jump everybody? Is he the number two guy? Mm-hmm. Um, You know, is it Ryan Barnes? Is it Phillip? Like, who is that? And then also on the other side, who are they taking out of that competition and keeping behind Cam Hart? Because I think that is actually something that's going to be interesting to see as well. Right? So, right. A lot to see, I think. I think we're going to be uh, have writers cramp by the time that things. I'm going to say, I think our heads
1: are going to be spinning <laughs> trying to keep up with you know what numbers are out there on the field at any given time in a lot of these
2: reps. Agreed. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting to see what we come out with on Friday during our practice report. That's for sure.
1: Charlie Weiss's last belt loop makes the comment in the YouTube chat. Lewis got picked on all last year. He had like 53 tackles. That's a lot. At corner. And you actually, it wasn't just like 53 tackles, 53 tackles. We talked about this a couple of days ago when we were talking about players to watch. And Vince had Clarence Lewis as one of his players to watch. I had Jaden Mickey as sure. one of mine. And they obviously, you know, for, for the same reason. You know, and, and, you know, and that's a fair comment. Yeah, he did get picked on. But what do you do if you're an opposing team and you know you've got Cam Hart on the other Bingo. side? You're not going to throw at Cam Hart if you know Clarence Lewis is on the exactly. other side. You're going to take your chances with Clarence Lewis and that's what they did. And, you know, as I said, you know, somewhat, you know, jokingly, but at the same time, serious, the fact that he did have 53 tackles, which is a lot for a corner, at least he made the tackles, you know, after he gave up, you know, it wasn't just guys, you know, running downfield and he's chasing them downfield at least, you know, he made tackles after they made the catch, you know, many of them, I'd say, you know, half of them for shorter gains, you know, so, you know, yeah, it's you know they're they're gonna again. Bottom line is you're going to pick on the guy that you think that you can pick on, and that at you know the more the more chances that a guy has you know yep. to be thrown at you know the the more potentially he's going to give up you know. So sure. it's you know again it's kind of a chicken and egg situation. Absolutely. But, you know there's there's only room to improve, I think, for Clarence Lewis because he's shown at times in the span of his freshman and sophomore year that he can do it.
2: Well, and and here's the other thing. I don't care who you stick at that corner spot, no matter what number it is on the Jersey, that's the guy that's going to get picked on. Uh, that That's just a fact, right? It, whether it's number yeah. six or 15 or 21 or whoever you put over there, they're not going after Cam Hart. They're just not going to, he's that good. Yeah. And so whoever that is, they're going to get picked on. And so that person's going to have a lot of pressure on them to shut down that strategy. So, it, yeah, it don't forget that be because
1: because even if Clarence Lewis gets beat, Ohio State's going to go at whoever happens to be sitting over there on that other side of the field more often than not early yes. on rather than go at Cam Hart,
2: you know. Absolutely. So,
1: all right, but again, it's going to be a really interesting battle to see if one of these young guys step up and you know, the other side of this is obviously this has been an area, you know, the the, the secondary, it's been an area that needed to improve from a recruiting right. standpoint. And it is beginning to improve now with, with Mickens and Freeman and, you know, the, just, just like at other spots, it's getting better, but it's still like where they are right now. We're, you know, we're just not quite seeing that yet. Maybe we start to see that with some of these sure. promising young guys.
2: Absolutely. What about and I hope Nicole? we do. Nickel. Yeah. It's funny because nickel almost feels like the consolation prize to who, whoever may not win the other corner spot, right? Uh, but it's not exactly like that. To me, I feel like this is a two-man race uh, for for this job. I I think it's going to be between uh, Tariq Bracey, and I think he's the leader in the clubhouse, and I think the other one that's going to challenge him is Jaden Mickey. I think those are the two, in my opinion, who are going to challenge for that nickel spot. I Everything that I've heard from... Uh, you know, from inside the, the the Goog is that they love Jaden Mickey at the nickel spot too. And so I think he's going to challenge Tariq Bracey for that spot. But again, I think Tariq Bracey is in the pole position for that. And again, ton of experience, et cetera, right? He's a grad student. You know, he's been around the block. He's been here for a really long time. So I think he's going to get the first crack at it. But I think that freshman, man, I, I think you're going to see 21 nipping at his heels an awful lot.
1: Yeah, I think so, too, and we, I guess we didn't really mention that when we were talking about the corner, that Bracy did play, you know, some outside during the spring, and, you know, maybe that's an option for him. I, I don't know where that goes. I still think, you know, he's really – it. that nickel spot is where he has really found his niche, and, you know, he's been pretty good. And the fact that, like, I saw this on Pro Football Focus. They say that Notre Dame has played five defensive backs on more than 50% of snaps defensively over the last two years. So it's obviously an important spot. Yeah, no you know, doubt. You've got to have somebody, you know, who can. you know, it's not just a third down type spot, <laughs> you know, right. when you're, when you're playing at 50% of the time. And, you know, that's the proliferation of passing offenses and all that stuff and in, in college football. So it's very important. And, you know, again, Jaden Mickey turned some heads yeah. in, you know, in the spring. So, I think one way or another, even if he's not the starter, we're going to see Jade Mickey over the course of the season, you know, just depending on, you know, where it happens to be, whether it's inside or or outside. But I think we're gonna, you know, Lewis and, and Bracey, I still think we're gonna see them too. But you know, again, what this looks like in the fall, that's what's really Absolutely. intriguing right
2: now. Yes, no question about that. So we yeah, had all
1: these months of speculation, and now we finally start to, you know, get yeah. to see some answers. Oh
2: finally. Finally. <laughs> it feels right. like we've been talking about this stuff forever. And I get it. I understand. But these are legitimate, you know, they're legitimate battles, a legitimate question mark going into the season. And if they can be answered in a positive way, this team is going to be pretty st- stinking good. Right.
1: Right. I, you know, I you like I still remember the days when like these corners, you know, it's like they never turn their heads and you know, all these different things. And those days are gone, you know. Uh, again, the 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 talent level. Is, is improving the coaching level is improving of, of what right. they had at those positions so you know there's there's a lot to like and you know that Ohio State game <laughs> whatever you know it's like it's a month early I'm already saying this don't get you know like too wrapped up one way or the other what happens there agreed it's like that's no you know. I
2: absolutely agree <laughs> I was listening to your guys's mailbag yesterday and you know, you made a really good point. You, were t- you guys were talking about is Notre Dame a national championship contender, right? right. And you make a really good point. Yeah, they are until September third. Then we're going to know whether they are or not. I mean, that's yeah. you know, if they win or if it's a close loss, you know, that kind of a thing. You're going to know really quickly whether Notre Dame should be mentioned with the elites. I because I, they're <laughs> it's a tough first test. There's no question yeah. about that. Absolutely,
1: and you know the good thing is with a playoff. You know, again, I, and, I, and I'm not, you know, saying, oh, you know, play for play for a close game or whatever, you know, play for a consolation prize. Obviously, you're playing to win. But if it's at least a competitive game, right. it's the start of the season on the road, all these things, like I said yesterday, you're still going going to be in the thick of things. You know, there's absolutely. just less margin for error. As the absolutely. Goes
2: you got to probably run the table if you lose. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. And let's be honest, uh, you know, Notre Dame, Hasn't been competitive in the playoff games that they've played in. Ohio State is a playoff caliber team. This is an opportunity to show that you can compete. That uh, to me, that's the bottom line. Whether right. they win or whether they lose, they've got to be competitive. They have to be. If they're not, it's this is a longer road than I thought. <laughs> I hate to say it that way, but
1: I'm just chucking, chuckling at salty Virginia peanuts. I kind of wish the season weren't about to start. I'd like three more months of increasing uncertainty in quarterback. <laughs> recruiting. That's the I need to get best. a bell. I need to get a bell and like ding the bell whenever we have either, you know, bring funny back or your SSS you know, really bell. salient
2: points. That's right. That's right. A,
1: Remember bring, bring, that back in the day I, we had I a bell?
2: Do. I do. It was whenever you had a nugget.
1: Bing. That's right.
2: That's right. Yep.
1: All right, safety. You know, just like last year we we know who one of the safeties is going to be. Last year it was right. Kyle Hamilton. This year it's Brandon Joseph. But uh, you know, you've got a lot of other guys who again, I think we're gonna see a lot of these guys because you know they've made it, you know, with this defensive scheme, they're really interchangeable. You're not just one sure. side or the other. You know, that's that's kind of how they want it, you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, I don't know, you know, like you know, it's three defensive coordinators ago at this point when Clark Lee was here when we saw them three safety type stuff. But you know, if guys show that that they're capable, sure you know, again, maybe we see you know more than just two safeties out there for that matter, but you've got guys like Ramon Henderson, DJ Brown, Xavier Watts, Houston Griffith, all in the mix for this thing. So, you know, what 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 do you think it looks like? Do you think it's just going to kind of be a, you know, situational second safety plan next to Joseph back
2: there? It's funny because I have gone through spurts since spring. Or I should say since the Fiesta Bowl, to be honest with you. I've gone through spurts where it's like, okay, it's going to be Ramon Henderson. Well, you know what? It might be DJ Brown. I'm hearing a lot of good things about him. Well, Houston Griffith is due to, you know, make some noise here, but you know, then again, there's Xavier Watts who's been doing his thing over on defense and he's a great athlete. How could he not play? You know what I mean? I like there's a whole host of guys that if they were named the starter at the second safety, it would not surprise me in any way. Yeah. And, and I feel like whatever decision they make it's going to be the best of whoever's there. And I yeah. think they've got some really good options, to be honest with you. I love what I saw from Ramon Henderson, and he was only a safety for half a season. I know. I thought he did a really good job. I thought Xavier Watts has shown flashes of being really, really good. DJ Brown, I thought had you – know, he played pretty darn well, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the Oklahoma State game when he got in. I mean, he, he can tackle. He can – you know. there's certain things that he brings to the table – That makes him better than some of the other guys, right? So, I think this one's a huge talk. This might be the biggest question mark to me as far as who is going to end up winning that spot, and I don't think I would be disappointed no matter who got it. I think that's where I'm at with this, and I know I think so
1: too. You know, no, but you know, they they got a huge gift when Brandon Joseph, you know, they were able to get him out of the transfer portal. He's playing for you know for this season for an NFL draft spot, and you know he'll be gone. Houston Griffith will be gone, but because you've got so many of these other guys, and I I think they're all going to be out there at some points. Yeah. This season, a year from now, it's going to be a different com- you know, different conversation. Sure. Position, but you know, again, we're going to see a lot of these guys this fall, and I think over the course of the season as well.
2: Yeah, cuz you're you're you know, this is DJ Brown's last year most likely. This is Houston Griffiths last year, right? Depending on what kind of season Brandon Joseph has, this could be his last year. So, right. you're right. The safety position is going to be a heck of a lot different going into next year, plus you get the incoming freshman as well. So, uh it's going to be very interesting to see what safety looks like next year. But they got a great opportunity as a launching pad for this year into next year, I think. And they need to take advantage of it. Because you don't want to waste the talents of number 16, who's Brandon Joseph. This kid's a stud. Like I'm so looking forward to seeing him run around the field and make plays and come downhill like a scud missile. You know, I I, I think he's <laughs> gonna be fun to watch.
1: Yep. A uh, big defensive end. That's the uh basically like strong side, I guess, defensive end. The the, the defensive end opposite the Viper, Riley Mills mm-hmm. is at the top of the depth chart, and he's the biggest. Of these guys, Nana Osafa Mensah behind him, and then Alex ahrensberger I mean, whether it's Mills or Osafa Mensah, you know, again, the, the way they've been able to rotate, I think we're going to see a lot of both of them, and Riley Mills will play inside a little bit as well. Like, my curiosity is what happens with ahrensberger at this point? Because, you know, like, he came in, he was one of these raw talents that Mike, held, you know, obviously coming out of Germany even, but one of these raw talents that guys you know that that Mike Elston was ever able to develop over time do you think that that he's able to to make any kind of dent at all at this position this year
2: I actually do I think it's going to be a battle between Aaronsberger and Osafa Mensa for that number two slot okay and you know whoever wins that is going to get a lot of playing time frankly and I think Erinsburger is kind of a sleeper in this whole thing, you know. Nana has been, you know, fighting injury and fighting, just kind of the the light bulb thing. You know what I mean? Like he he was yeah. kind of a big ball of clay when he came here, and obviously there's been a coaching change and some things like that. It sounds like he's doing a good job, but burger is just kind of like that that lioness, like in the in the weeds, like ready to <laughs> pounce. Like that's what I feel like he is. I mean, he's he's six six, almost six seven. So he's long. He's so long and yeah. athletic that if the light bulb goes on for him, I hate to say it because I love Nana coming out of high school. I think Aaron's burger's going to win that number two spot. And I think that he could really do a lot of damage. I think he could really surprise a lot of people. The combination of Mills, you know, he's 6'5", 283. I mean, he's just a specimen. And then you bring in Aaron's burger's a little bit faster, I think, a little bit more athletic, a little bit longer. I think that could be a pretty deadly combo there at that big end spot.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different options. And I think you're right. I, yeah. I think, you know, it's. it's Mill. I think the battle is more between Osafa Mensa and Aaronsberger than it is Osafa Mensa and Mills at the right. top. It's more, you know, the battle for that number two.
2: Well, it looks like we may have lost Sean. I don't know if we've lost him or we've lost me. So. Let me see if he is. It looks like he's just paused. I don't know if anybody's in the uh, in the chat can let me know kind of where things settle. If you can hear me or if you can hear Sean.
1: There we go. I think we we, we were spinning there for a little okay. bit. We we okay. both unlocked about at the same time.
2: <laughs> what uh, i love this right here charlie weiss's last belt loop he goes it froze vince send me a link i'll co-host for you <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that's great that's great well, well, welcome back
1: well it froze me too so i don't know like you know i i, I who knows I john know. banco john banco said we hear vince and hopefully <laughs> hopefully they're hearing both of us now because I hear you and you hear me and the video is churning
2: once. I think we're good now. I think you and I are good now. So, uh, so welcome back. But yes, yeah, I I think there's there. Mills is the clear starter at this point. So it's kind of that battle for the number two spot, which I think is going to be a good battle. I just, I don't know why. My gut just tells me that Aaronsberger, it might be that guy. And I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I'd like to see it. I wouldn't mind seeing it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. um, Again, This is more depth chart stuff. We know Michael Mayer is going to be the number one tight end. You know that is obvious, Uh, but the number two tight end, I would expect whoever the number two tight end would be used more as like the Y role, the the guy attached to the line of scrimmage. You know than than Mayer because he's going to line up all over the place basically, especially not knowing what's going on with the receivers. And you know Mitchell Evans had the foot surgery. Uh, not quite a month ago, I guess. It was middle of July when that happened. He was in line to the number two. That's obviously changed now. So now you've got Kevin Bauman battling right. with Kane Barong, you know, for that number two spot. And then you've got a couple of freshmen who are really undersized at this point. Eli Raridan and Holden Stays, who are like six four and six um six between you know, both of them. Both of them weigh two twenty five, so you know they they, you know they need they need a little more Bayless. I don't know how much they were able to pack on this summer. You know, maybe we'll see a little bit of that. I did see that picture of the tight ends recently. They do not have the guns of Michael Mayer just yet. No one does. (laughs) But uh, I would I would think Bauman, you know, has has probably got the leg up in this spot because he had a really good fall camp, then unfortunately broke that leg in the season opener last year, assuming that he's able to perform, you know, anywhere near the level he did last fall training camp, I would think that he will be, you know, the number two and we would see more of more of him. You know, and we probably see still Kane Barong as well. But that's who I would put my money on right now though.
2: Yeah, I think that's the safe bet. I think he's got the inside track right now. I think the the wild card in this whole thing is going to be Eli Raritan, to be honest with you. I think he is just such an incredible athlete. That I, I don't know if there would be like a kind of similar to what they did with uh, with Tyler Buckner last year. He kind of has a small package, maybe that he comes in as as a, as a receiving tight end, that kind of a thing. He's not a I guy to that want, because
1: again, yeah. he's not beefy right
2: now, but he's, he's big. And he's,
1: he's got skill. Yeah,
2: you're not going to want to have him attached or doing anything like that, you know. But yeah, I mean, again, you don't want to make it obvious that when nine is on the field that you're doing certain things. But at the same time, he's an incredible athlete, and I, I if he's fully healed and we're getting word that he is probably going to be full go if he's fully healed i think you have to take advantage of him but you're right kevin bauman i think has the inside track right now maybe kane barong right behind him but those are the guys that have a little bit more you know experience a little bit more juice a little bit more you know size if they're going to be attached you know that kind of a thing i'm very curious you know yes i want to see who's going to be the number 2 even the number 3 tight end how much Two tight end sets. They actually do. Is that was that more of a Brian Kelly thing? Was that more of a Tommy Reese thing? Like where where See, does the two I just, sets come into play for Tommy Reese? That's my curious right. Concept.
1: And I I think that you know you made a really good point with raritan though because of the fact that you know he does have a different skill set than Bauman because like I was saying, I think the number two is probably going to be more the you know the attached blocking guy, and that sure. that gives. You know, Bauman being the, you know, the most fit, you know, physically put together guy gives him that opportunity. And even Baron, you know, again, but because of the fact that you've got low depth with running backs and and what's going to happen with them, and you know, you've got some questions at the receiver in terms yeah. of who can step up, you know, having Raritan out there on the field along with Michael Mayer, and you know, like I think that you could see that. You, you know, you could see some mixing and matching of of You know, some of that personnel because of the, you know, different kind of skill sets that yeah. that these guys have.
2: And Charlie Weiss's last bell loop makes a really good point. They went multi-person, multiple tight end personnel an awful lot, but they never targeted the second tight end. That, that never happened because, frankly, they had quarterbacks that weren't going through their progressions or they were leaving the tight end attached or whatever they were doing. If you could make that second tight end an actual weapon an actual thing to be feared, that's only going to open up. not just
1: being out there on the field.
2: That's only going to open up your All-American tight end. It's only going to open up your wide receiver. It's only going to open up your running backs out of the backfield. You know, all of that stuff. That's a really good point. They have done a very poor job, in my opinion, in the past, of utilizing that second tight end, which, look, we we had the debate before. Is Notre Dame O-line you or tight end you? You got some some amazing tight ends. Use them. Use them.
1: And again, you know, like Bauman was a touchdown machine early in fall training camp last true. year, you know, so it, it felt like there was going to maybe be an opportunity for him. It's just unfortunate that, you know, again, right. you break your leg in the first game and, you know, then you're out for, I think it was like, what, seven games or something like that. And then he came back a little bit toward the end of the season. But yeah, so, but that, you know, that's a great point. They they do need to mix it up and, and having guys like, like Bauman and, you know, and Raritan gives them some of those opportunities. So, right.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for Movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.
1: Kicker was, you know, I know a lot of people are concerned about it. Let's be honest, you should be concerned about it. Yeah, based on what we saw in the spring when you can't, When you can't consistently kick forty to forty-five yard field goals indoors, oh my goodness! And you know they've got you know they bring in the guy with all the experience from Arkansas State, Blake Groupie, and then you know Brian, Josh, they just nobody, nobody was consistent at all in the spring.
2: And it's funny because my takeaway from Josh Bryan prior to the spring was that he never had the leg. Of the previous kicker at Notre Dame, he never had like the booming leg, but he was always right down the middle every single time in practice. He was just right. Down. Maybe because he didn't have any pressure on him, because he was never going to start over door, but he was right down the middle every single time. Right, just beautiful arc, great. Yeah. Like okay, you know he can take over as the kicker, and then they bring in Groupy from Arkansas State and. You know, he and I look eye to eye with each other, which, I mean, again, you don't need to be huge to be a kicker. I'm not saying that, but
1: yeah. No, but he's, mean, like, he's like the epitome of, you know, hey, kid, get out of here. They're not signing autographs right now. You know, yeah, like the security guy. See Blake he's Groupie, you know, that's what he's he
2: tiny. looks like. <laughs> he is tiny, and I've stood right next to him. I mean, he's a tiny dude. He's got a ton of confidence. I am extremely confident in him 40 yards and in. But then again, I'm extremely confident in my 15 year old son, 40 yards and in. Yeah, that's the problem. 40 yards and
1: in is not a long field goal. That's what I'm saying.
2: Like that's that's the issue. Is like I think he'll be, I think he'll be consistent 40 and in. But what about that 40 to 50? Like I feel like that's the sweet spot where if you're a college kicker, that's where you need to be really good. So you're talking from the 30 where the ball is placed from the 30 yard line to the 40 yard line where it's kicked from. That's where you be good. You know
1: end of half end of game situations, it drastically changes, you know, what you need to do. And, you know, sure. basically you've got to get an extra 10 yards, you know, right. if not 15 to feel comfortable, you know, with getting yes. him in, in field goal range.
2: A- absolutely. You need to be inside the 30 yard line. I mean, yeah. if, if, if I should say, well, I actually, you should be inside the 23 yard line because it goes back seven yards from where the ball is placed. Right. So you're telling me that the ball needs to be that the line of scrimmage needs to be basically in the red zone. That's a problem for me. That's a problem for me. That's not a college kicker. Now I hope he proves me wrong, but I think there's going to be a legitimate competition between groupie and Brian and there should be.
1: I think there will be too. And, you know, again, like how they put them in some of the, you know, they're going to, they're, they're going to have to kind of put them to the fire a little bit. You know, in in terms of game situations and pressure situations and that kind of stuff. You know, there's somebody somebody's going to have to really step up because neither one of them grabbed it by any means in right. the spring.
2: Can you imagine? Can you just imagine the Ohio State game coming down to a last second kick? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. my heart's not ready for that. I'll just say that. I know. I know. That's that's where I'll go with that one. I know.
1: Uh, punter, I'd be surprised if it's not John Sot, the, the grad transfer Agreed. from Harvard, you know, it, it feel about the same on that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the kid from Harvard, I saw him walking around campus, uh, yeah, during the kicking camp that was going on and he's just a thick dude. Like he's just, he's a big thick kid. I mean, he's five, 207 pounds. Okay. So he's just a big thick kid. So I, I haven't actually seen him kick, but I would imagine That he's probably going to win the job. Uh, You know, it's going to be between him and the McPherson kid, uh, who's a freshman, right? Coming in. So it's going to be between a graduate student and a freshman. Frankly, I don't care who it is. As long as you kick it where you need to kick it and you can directionally put it where you want to put it, that's fantastic. I think Notre Dame has dealt with some inconsistent punting for quite a while. So it's not going to kill you. But if you can get a kid that can flip the field for you play the field game you know the field position game which could very well come into play on September 3rd you know somebody's got to take hold of that job too and I don't think that it's set in stone yet
1: yeah I mean I'll be honest as of right now kicking game is one of my biggest concerns for this team and you know it's like we they've really been spoiled over the last few years with with what they've got, you know, because even as shaky as Jonathan Doerr was at times, you know, he went through a stretch where he was really consistent. And for the most right. part, you know, he made kicks that he was supposed to make, you know, in in you know in the more, you know, clutch type situations. And so it, it's, you get a guy like Groupie with all the experience that he has, you expect him to be able to to step up in those situations. But I think we all know there's a little bit different pressure at Notre Dame than there is at Arkansas State
2: just a little just just a little but yeah for a kicker that's not even a hot able, take it's like being a pitcher you got to be able to block that stuff out you have to and if you can't block that stuff out you're not gonna be a good kicker and you have to hit the layups you got to hit everything 40 and in you have to you know but yes. pending a bad snap and all that which is out of your control but you got to hit everything 40 and in it's that 40 to 50 man that's what worries me it, it does
1: All right. Well, thanks for joining us. As always, we will talk to you tomorrow. One more time. Our last day without football. It all starts Friday. We're ready for that. We will talk to you tomorrow, though, right here on IB Nation Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget, hit that like button. If you don't mind, rate us, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff.